0: Hey guys, before this episode begins, I just want to let you all know that I've partnered with DAT Bootcamp to offer a 10% discount code on all bootcamp products. While studying for my DAT, i found the DAT Bootcamp to be the best resource during my preparation. Their extensive review videos and practice exams are second to none. Use code DOD10 at checkout for a 10% discount, applicable to all programs bootcamp has to offer. Again, that's DOD10 at checkout. Hey guys, welcome back to the Dose of Dental podcast. We are super excited to be joined by Dr. Nick Castro, a general dentist, educator at Sunderberg School of Dental Medicine, and a private practice owner. We will be discussing Dr. Nicastro's journey to dentistry, as well as his advice and experience in running a private practice. If you like the episode, be sure to follow us on Spotify and other podcasts and leave a review of things that you liked and
1: what you want to see more of. Enjoy. So, let's get right into it. Siraj is an undergrad at Stony Brook University. We actually met at the gym playing basketball years ago at the sports club. Suraj, I met Dr. Nicastro at the sports club. Oh, yeah, see, Dr. Capilano. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was way back then. I don't even think it's a gym anymore.
0: I think it's something oh, else.
2: <laughs> I heard it's a, I heard it's a pickleball. They they do, do a pickleball place now. We should go. It's yeah. around the corner. That's what I. That's what I heard. My one of my buddies Seriously. talked to me and, and told me about it. I'm like, yeah, I, you know. So that was,
1: yeah, that was our place, yeah. uh, you know, five o'clock in the morning. That's I, right. I, I mean, I saw you on mostly on weekends because it's at, at 7. <laughs> what, Yeah, so. I couldn't make those five ends, but I went to Stony Brook Dental School. Dr. Narcastro went to Stony Brook Dental School um, and then went to St. Charles for GPR residency. And then from there- in- Who, did? Who did? I did, did go, go to there. St. Charles? No, I was I was uh, Stony Brook 808. AGD. Okay. Oh, oh no no, but you used to go to the OR. I thought with Dr. Capolano at St. Charles. So so the OR
2: no, I never went to the OR with Dr. Capolano at, at St. Charles because I I would have to work to, at St. Charles to I met Dr. Capolano at uh when I was a fourth year dental student going through Nassau County Medical Center. That's when
1: okay, and right. he was the
2: chief and I was doing president. a externship in oral surgery, and he was chief of uh, there was the chief resident at the time. That's all okay. where we met. So I was still a dental student when I met Dr. Demo. and he was right. a, he was okay. a, les, a oral surgery
1: resident. God, gotcha, sure, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay, that connects the pieces there. Yeah. And then, so AG, AGD at Stony Brook, right? And then you went out into private practice. Then I went it's out into pro- private practice, right. So my dad was a dentist
2: and I went in with him. Um, So the the funny thing is, and like, you know, things have changed a little bit, but when I was in my fourth year, it was a decision whether uh, to do a residency or go right into private practice. And I decided to do a residency. And I got to tell you, it was the best thing I ever did. And the reason why I decided to go into a residency is because I wanted to learn more and I wanted to learn from different people. I knew that my, my father could teach me, but like I wanted to have, I didn't want to just become a clone. I wanted to have different influences. So I was very, very uh, lucky that I trained under uh, some really great faculty when I was in the AGD. uh Doug Firth, Mark Bancato, Um there's so many great faculty. Mark Sloven, I mean, so many good dentists that I I got such great training, and so when I walked into private practice, um, I was ready to go. I was I was ready to go, for sure, and uh, then I learned a lot from my father when I when I started practicing as an associate, and um, the uh, great thing about it was uh, my dad was very big in implant dentistry, and I so I naturally had to be good at, you know, implant dentistry. And the Stony Brook AGD uh, training with uh, Mark Firth and uh, Mark uh, Mark Pancato, they were big at implant dentistry and they liked implant dentistry. So I learned a lot from them. So when I jumped in, I already had a head start and everything like that. And then, uh, you know, working with my dad was, was uh, great. I mean um i learned a lot he was a great teacher in in, in certain things and uh we did not always agree and that's one of the, <laughs> that was one of the great things about doing a residency because if i would have came out of uh, just out of dental school i would not have certain i would have just become a clone and now like so there were some some instances where he would take what i learned and apply it to what he was doing and really make some changes yeah because, like you know, what happens in private practice is, and I, you know, if you are not, um, you can, you got to be careful in private practice because you can be get you feel like you can get into this little box where you're not interacting, mm-hmm. right? And there's so much to learn from other people, and so you always got to consistently learn. Uh, I never stop learning. I still learn to this day. It's it's just it's just crazy. I always try to surround my pe- myself with people. Who are can teach me more, you know, and everything like that. And by far, you never stop learning.
1: What's a a consistent way for? So, say you're. I mean, you do you do this every year, right? I know you go on some trips where you take the courses, but are there any other methods? And if we could go into that, even to continue learning and staying on the top of your game, and just like you said, you don't get fixed in a box in your own private practice. You know, you're you're constantly taking from learn and learning from others and then applying it every day
2: so I gotta tell you the the so there's online courses that you could take which are great, okay and you could you know and i'm I'm a big YouTube watcher. I watch YouTube like like i'm a I'm a dental geek. I'm gonna tell you right now I, I'm a dental geek so like like if I'm like, you know, We could be why everybody could be watching TV, and I'm on YouTube looking at a video on like you know a certain implant technique or something like that, and that's just like uh, what I call passive learning, right? Yeah, passively learning stuff. Uh, Active learning wise, especially when you're young, the biggest mistake that I think young young dentists make is they're afraid to invest in themselves and themselves. They're afraid to spend the money. So you have to spend money on yourself. You have to invest in yourself. Okay so don't be afraid to take that hands the hands-on courses are really the best courses to take because then you have somebody watching and teaching you a technique. Mm. Okay? And it's not just didactic which is very important don't get me wrong but you yeah. but the hands-on technique is is crucial okay the best courses that I feel are the ones that set you up didactically for the first couple of days and then now you go do hands-on. Those are the best courses. Um but you you could always passively learn all the time you could passively. i never like you know like if i'm doing a big case with um dr capuano or dr gish and they're doing something i'm watching i'm watching the surgery i'm watching how you like you know i do place implants but i learn from them all the time right so like you know because they're you know you just learn you watch people do things and you and you ask questions and you just actively learn all the time and everything like that so you never you never stop learning but the biggest mistake i really think i see it all the time is like well, oh, you know i really want to take course, and it but it's really expensive yeah but you're investing in yourself, mm. and you're, you're, that your dad will pay you back you will you will you will make headway just by doing that course there's no way you won't and I didn't take course. I wish I took course course. One of the biggest mistakes I felt as a young person was I didn't take a, so course is a select like a uh, series of courses and you graduate from their program. Right. Right. And you but like, Daw- so there's Dawson One does it the same way and stuff like that, but it really sets you up to understand certain principles like occlusion, which I don't think you get enough of in dental school. No. Uh, and then, then you jump into prosthetics. And you can't really do prosthetics effectively without understanding occlusion, right? You know, you really can't. And I feel like occlusion is just kind of past, you know it's really just touched on in dental
1: school, not
2: you know, and everything
1: that's true. That's true. you know we touch on it uh, and, and we we go into it a lot didactically, but seeing it clinically and then working with it clinically, that you're right, we miss out a lot of that.
2: and I, and, and it's not the school's fault. there's so much to teach, right? So it's like I'm big on occlusion in the clinic I mean I'm sure you get you talk to some of the fourth year students now like I tell them the the thing that will kill your work the fastest is occlusion if you don't have proper occlusion right if your work it'll kill what you did and stuff like that because you know it gets beat up all day long yeah yeah I mean just think about it, you know it just it just gets beat up all day long the uh so I mean, Occlusion, I think it's just passed upon a little bit and like I I really felt like TMJ we didn't learn a lot of TMJ stuff you know but that that could be a whole six months course on itself TMJ you know, oh, I mean, you know it's a lot
1: yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. a lot all right <laughs> I'm gonna the think of it right now yeah there's there there's a lot going on there I mean there's functional there's my facial pain there there's we could go on for days in that but Doctor Castro, right now, and has this changed over the course of your career? Your favorite treatment to go into with a patient? Um, yes,
2: it has. So I think when I was when I was in the middle of my like, so maybe five six years in, I would tend to complicate treatment, <laughs> like get try to get fancy, like try to get like you know want those that big laminate case or big stuff like that or do this big thing. What I find now is I try to simplify treatment. I try to keep things simple and you always tend to have the better outcomes that way and and stuff like that. And what I mean, keep simple, I'm not saying, so like when, so like, you know, back in the day, we used to do roundhouse bridges and stuff like that, which I was never a fan of, but I always look to break up work. So if I could put implants in and separate work, like so, well, if, if somebody needs a full arch restoration on natural teeth, well, and, and instead of doing a whole bunch of bridge work, I'll break yeah. it up with it, with implants. Mm, you know what I'm saying, and you're keeping the dentistry smaller, right, like, right, right, right. And that that's that's honestly what what I I try to do. And but I but you have to understand when you're when you're treatment planning for patients, and I I really feel like you know we teach this a lot with the residents is they should have three options at least treatment they yeah. should they should have like you know this is like you know the ferrari of treatment right mm-hmm. this is like you know the nissan and this is the pinto <laughs> but it's all good treatment right and because now everybody could afford to do a full arch of implants and stuff like that so you have to be able and you have to be sensitive to that right so you have to be sensitive to that so not one treatment plan fits one. A pay, you have to give patients options and educate them on the options, and then let them make the decision of what they want to do. Right. That's really that's really important. I mean, that's really important because you're 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 treating all kinds of patients, like you know, and everything like that. So, so
1: uh, and you have to be sensitive to that. Hundred percent. I'm just learning about that sensitivity now and being able to divide things up based on the patient's needs which sometimes is financial, you know? Yes. Mm, it's, it's totally and just like you said, they're all good treatment plans. You know, that the car will get you from point A to point B. Right. right? <laughs> and I mean, I, and that's the
2: whole thing is so, and like, so you're doing right by the patient. And when people talk about, like, you know, I have, you know, students ask me, you know, Dr. DeCastro, what do you do for advertising? I don't advertise at all. Never, I've, I've never advertised in my, my life. All my advertising was from other patients. And I don't care I'm not saying it's bad to advertise. It just wasn't my thing. The uh, advertising, uh, so your best referral or your best advertisement is going to be the patient that leaves your office.
1: That's right. That's right. Word now.
2: A hundred percent is going to be that. So what do you do for that? So the only thing patients know, and this is the truth, your colleagues and your specialists that you work with know if you do good work. The patients don't know, Right. That's true. The patients only know that you were nice and that you took care of them in a compassionate, empathetic way. That's it. Okay. But, and I think it's a good thing, your colleagues will tell you if you're doing bad work. Yeah. Right? So you, the specialist you work with won't refer anything to you if you're not doing good work. The uh, You'll have work come back to you where they swore another dentist and it wasn't good. Okay. I mean, so that's, that's really like, so that you, you have to do good work. Okay. But, but the, but it's really, it's really the patient doesn't look in their mouth and, and see how you, the anatomy you put in a MOD composite restoration. Right. Which it's, right. it's, you know, it's, the, or doesn't know what that, oh, the margins are so great around this crown. Yeah. So somebody else who else is looking at it knows if it was that that's so like, that's the difference. So I, so you always, you always have to be empathetic. You always have to be nice. Right. Uh, and you'll get more patients that way. And when you do good work, you know, and you do do that cosmetic case or, or something like that, that's where you get. So if, if, if it looks good, you're going to get a referral from, it could be two years later. Right. oh, I saw that you did Mrs. Jones's teeth and like, you know, and so they'll and they they'll come up to you and you did, you know, you did eight laminates on them. And so uh, I want that. I'm like, yeah, but you don't need eight laminates. You need this. Right. So like, you know, like, so that it really gets the same case, but like something like that. But like, that's, that's kind of like how it worked. And that's how I practice still. Like, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and your practice is, it's expanded in a sense because now in the beginning, it was you and your dad, right? Right. 100%. yeah. So it was just you. Two. How how many years was it just you two under the same roof like that? Uh, uh, thirteen years. Thirteen years. Thirteen years. Yeah. Okay, just you two. And then were you alone at any point in time there before? I was. Uh,
2: I was alone for two after that, and then uh, I got an associate after that. And the problem was, is when he decided to retire, um, it was a two man practice. And I was trying to find the right person. And so like for two years, I was kind of, you know, doing, and I was kind of doing I'm running a two man practice by myself. And it was busy. It was really a little bit too busy. I always say this, it's good to be busy, but you don't want to be unproductively busy. Mm. Not everybody can get your attention that you, that, that they need, right? So so it's, so it is a, uh, it's great to have an, uh, you know, to have, Another dentist working with you, I love it having another dentist. I always will love having another dentist work with me because it frees me up to do other things. Also, it's it's good because you could talk about cases together, you know, and stuff like that, and um, and you know, and and learn and teach from each other and everything like that. I mean, that's so it's it's really like I I like a group practice model for sure now, right? Um, uh, because you don't you tend not to get put in get locked into that little box when you when you when you have other people working with you, right? So, I mean, that's, you know. Right,
1: it encourages uh, communication. And then with that communication, you're learning what others' needs are, what others like to do, what what you need to do for them, what they need to do for you. Those two years alone, was it Dr. Felpo that came on after that? Was it a different- Dr. Felpo came in after that, right. It was, oh, so this was, so when we had met, that was right around the time. I mean, we're going back, what, like, we're going back a good 11, 12 years now. That was when your father retired, I guess?
2: So he just about was out. He was almost out, right? So he was coming in. He was more going part-time and stuff like that. And uh, from there, the, uh, yeah, it's it's tough. I got to tell you. So it's tough when you lose a partner. Well, you know, he retired and I bought him out, right? And, and now I, I own the practice and... Uh, it was, it was tough. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot of like, you know, because, you know, I get calls on Sunday morning, like, you know, mm. just like, you know, you know. I mean, that happens and stuff like that. So did you like, did you absorb his patience after that? Yep. 100% of them. Yep. Well, so I mean, and, and like he was busy, it wasn't like he wasn't a busy dentist. He was busy. And, uh, Rebult like I was busier than him by that time, but like he still was busy enough where I needed help for sure, yeah. stuff like that. And then I decided to take a uh, a dentist fresh out of residency who couldn't didn't have the skill set yet that my father had, right? But it was great because then you, you then then you teach him right, and then you do, you know or her you know, and then you and then you you know. They, they get better set. They go, they move up and they, you can see the progression and how they get better and, and stuff like that. It's great watching. And that's one of the reasons why I love teaching. Uh, it's, it's great seeing light bulbs go on <laughs> it. heads. like, you know, like they're, they're, they're so they're, they're sitting in dental school and they're sitting in class and then like, all of a sudden you tell them that they, they do something. You say, well, I w- this is, you, you need to do this. And then all of a sudden you say, well, they can see why, and then they do it. And they're like, oh my God, now I know why I learned this. Right now I know why I did this. Right, so I mean, it kind of when you see it all start to come together, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool.
1: That's awesome to see. I I've seen that too, and you know you've had my light bulb go on go on a bunch of times. You know I've learned so much over the years. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish in some ways I was still at Stony Brook. You know, so I could come in and see the always.
2: So it's so funny. It's like you look back, like everybody complains about dental school a little bit and stuff, you know, about because it. it's definitely a lot. Of, it's busy. It's a lot of pressure. It's like you know, and I, you know, definitely when it's around board time, I could see like everybody's a little uptight. But you look back on it, and you're gonna look back on it and be like the connections you made, the friendships you had, faculty that you met. I mean, all that you'll you'll never you'll never forget it, and it ends up being like that. It, it it ends up being a good thing. I can remember when I was in middle School. I'm I'm walking the same hallways that I did when I was, you know, 25 years old. Like right. So I mean, it's, it's right. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So you got your graduation picture on the wall too, right? Yeah, I have my right? Exactly, and everything like that. And uh, it's yeah. Um, I loved Stony Brook. I still love Stony Brook. Um, I think it's a great program. Um, you know. The faculty there, I, I, they are, are great. I mean, I, you know, I have, you know, the ones that I work with all the time, I, I just think the world of them. I think they're great people.
0: And great- Do You definitely. work with uh, Dr. pruthi Do you know Dr. pruthi but I know Dr. pruthi never worked with him, because he's usually at the hospital. I, I saw him always a couple of times. He might be in the hospital, he?
2: Yeah, he's in the hospital a lot. Um, And I'm only there Wednesday, so he may be in the clinic on the Wednesday surgery yes. thing on different days. Or at his office, he's yeah. A, uh, he's an unbelievable surgeon, for sure, 100%. Right, like, he's a great surgeon. I mean, um I do see that I do work with the oral surgery residents a lot because it being in the GPR, they uh work closely with us on certain cases. And um they have nothing but great things to say about it, Dr. Like when you know the whole oral surgery uh attending, most of the attendings are just fantastic. I mean, they really are. They, you know, and uh, the G, the oral surgery residents are very good to the GPR residents. And they, you know, they bail them out of a lot of stuff. They teach them a lot of stuff. Uh, so I mean, it's 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 you know, I gotta tell you, it's great for oral surgery residents to bail GPR residents out because that's what? What we're gonna because it's gonna be that's what you're you're gonna one of the parts of being an oral surgeon is that. Huh? Nice. So it's okay. good for both sides. It's good for both. It's good for both sides because, first of all, like whenever a normal surgery resident comes over to help of GPR resident, I tell them watch him like a oh, hawk, see what he did, right? Ask him questions, right? Right? Ask him questions because uh, you're learning. That's a that's what I'm saying. You're always actively learning, right? So I mean, that's like you know, you know that I mean that that's that's part of it, you know. And the, what 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 bugs me out is when I'm working in the GPR and I see one of the fourth year students that I worked with. And they're about to graduate their old surgery residency and they're like a different it's like a different person huh not like not like not, not they're still awesome and they're still great student like you know but they just just seeing how far they've come it's unbelievable yeah yeah uh, but and like even seeing my Gpr residents' if the ones that stay on for their chief year if they stay on for a second year seeing the change from them when they walked in in first year to when they graduate it's,
1: it's unbelievable speaking of Nadine, one of the best a good friend of mine too. Yeah, she stayed for a chief here. She was great. She was yep, great. She was a great chief, for sure.
2: I, and everything like that. I I, I miss them all. I got to tell you, they're, they're, all, they're all you
1: know really, really good. It's sad to see them go, you know? Yeah, yeah. They get a whole new bunch of them in. I mean, it's just, it's like- Every year. And that's, that's the difference between dental school and GPR. I mean, you know, with GPR, you get them one year, maybe two if they stay for a chief. But at least in dental school, you can kind of see someone in the hallways for a few years. Right, you see him in the hallway.
2: I tend to only to work with the fourth year. You know, I only really see the fourth year. I, I once in a while, I'll, I'll have the second year in the clinic, and I'll come across working with them just on you know other stuff. But most of the time, it's just the fourth year that I that I work with.
1: Right, right. I think I had introduced you to Sean uh, earlier on, and I and also Sean apologized he couldn't make it tonight. Oh, the we I we want Sean walk. I still see Sean walk in the hallways. So it's, it's... yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's good. Good.
0: <laughs> Shiraz, you, I I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. No, no, I just said that Sean's Sean's there still. So
2: Yeah, Sean's still there. So, so private you want to talk about private practice though, right? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I love so private practice is a whole different animal than, than the whole teaching aspect of you know, you know of everything. Uh when you private practice is like I said, like some people advertise i didn't uh the biggest thing about private practice is your skill set okay and that's why i say you never stop learning you should be improving your skill set and you see what you and then you'll start to do treatments that you you'll tend to start doing things that you like you know what i'm saying and private practice will kind of go that way but what's really important is your staff Okay so staff is huge and and you want to hire good people and when you to hire good people you also have to pay good people and you have to pay them what they what they deserve to be paid right and so when I so my sister is my office manager still and she's been there before I was even there and she's still there I the two hygienists I worked that worked for me stayed on they both retired now and they both were with me over 20 years Right, so I mean, and it, when they when they retired, it was like heartbreaking, like you know I mean? Yeah, it was heartbreaking. But they had, you know, they, it's the way life works, and and everything like that. Uh, Nicole, you remember Nicole who used to work in yeah. town? So, like, uh, she she was a uh, great, she was great, and uh, so it was a very family like atmosphere. So, as a dentist, you have to hire good people and have good systems in place. Okay. And be good to those people. Right. Okay. Because when you're good to people, they're going to be good back to you generally. Okay. And if they're not, then you know what? You did the right thing and then, then you move past it. But uh, that's a big thing. You have to be, you have to have a great staff. You have to train them to so how you want to practice, but you have to be good to them. You have
1: to be good to them. What are some ways? Because, I mean, well, the hospital is different, right? No one's getting a good paycheck there. <laughs> But what are some ways other than financial reimbursement, salaries, et cetera, to kind of keep someone motivated, being good to one of the you know one someone on the team? It's not even about being employees, but someone on your team, right? What's one way other than like you know the salary or financials to kind of keep someone motivated, keep them on the team, and and you know what I mean? Well, so at least once every three months, we do happy hours. We go
2: out as a as an office. Right and and not really be like in in the whole dental environment and like you know happy hour, you do that. Um, you get involved with their. You, you get in contact. You you, you just got to be in touch with their families and like and care about them as a person. I think that's the the, the real thing. You you have to make that connection with them in a personal level, mm-hmm. right? You know um, and everything like that. You have to make it a fun work environment. Not so serious all the time. It doesn't have to be so serious all the time. I mean, you know, patients like when you walk when they walk into an office and the whole feeling is a relaxed feel.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Right. If it's ultra uptight and like you know, then that's not that that's not a really good. The patients could pick up on that. Okay, I know dentists who like bake bread in the office to get that just a different smell in the office. I mean, I'm not kidding. I know what the dentist that does that, and it's not a bad yeah. Right. It's not a bad idea because it like it brings like a home feel to it and, and stuff like that. There's a whole different ways. But to keep your staff happy, you have to interact with them. Um, You, you have to hold them accountable for don't get me wrong. You have to hold them accountable for when things aren't you know, right. But I got to tell you, so you lead by example. Mm, mm. I mean, so I mean, that's basically what it is. I mean, like if you hold yourself accountable for certain things that you, your staff will tend to hold themselves accountable. But if you did something wrong and we all do something wrong and you don't take accountability for it, mm-hmm. right? Then you're, you're, you're not showing, you're not, you're not showing them the right way to do, right? You know, So right. leaders don't tell people what to do. Leaders should act and show them how to do it. Like, right. I mean, that's basically what it is. So like, you know, you lead by example and, and, and uh, I think that's, so that's really the way it is. So when a dentist is relaxed, the staff tends to be relaxed. So I used to always say to myself, I set the tone. Like, so like, so like if I walk in there in a bad mood, everybody's day is going to be in a bad mood. I'm not a yeller, but if I'm quiet, I get quiet. When I'm, when I'm, when I'm annoyed or upset, I get quiet. And they used to know if I'm quiet, something's something's like, I'm upset about something. I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not the type to just start screaming through the office and stuff like that, but like. right, Right, right. But so it's on me to set the tone, right? You know,
1: were there a lot of quiet days in those, those two years when you were the sole partner? <laughs>
2: <laughs> the, uh, so, you know, I got to tell you there, there was, it was definitely more stressful. Um, stress, like everybody handles stress in a di- in, a di- in different ways. Uh, there, there was, there was definitely some more tougher days, but I still enjoyed it. I look at, you know, and everything like that. And when you have a good staff, they help take the pressure off of you. Right, right. And stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, not that they're physically doing the work for you, but like, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's something you got, you know, it's good to be busy, like I said, but you don't want to be unproductively busy. Right, right. So, you want to be always productive and you want to be, you want every patient to have your full attention and you want them to, you know, and, and everything like that. And sometimes when you're over busy, you're getting pulled in so many directions, it's hard to pay, you want to pay attention to detail, you want to pay, you know, and, and and that can get tough. And that can get tough. So that's what that's what I did not like about it. That's the only thing I didn't. The only thing I didn't like about it is like I I just felt I wasn't spending enough time. Okay, and that's that now that's my fault, and that's the accountability, right? So that like mm. that's where I struggled.
1: That's right. And you and you mentioned earlier not enough time with patients in some circumstances, right? What about time with employees? Would that kind of fall into the umbrella too? Um. Or team, you know, not employee, but like your team. So, you know, everybody kind of worked together. So,
2: like, you know, it's a, you saw my office is not very big, you know. Yeah. And that's, so, yeah. so, I mean, everybody was around each other. So that there was always time that we were talking or, or something is happening. the uh, The hardest part is keeping the staff nice to each other. Is that so much nice to me, right? Like, something <laughs> like that, like you know how often politics go, like you know, yeah. This one's mad about this because she did this. And then, like, you know, that I mean, so that's stuff stuff that like you you need a good office
1: manager to be able to to, to keep them back on track and stuff like that. And then <laughs> like they're yeah. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say, Siraj, one of the first things that Dr. Nakasha taught me, it was at the gym, it was a Sunday morning. This is this is while I was in undergrad, right? And and I was like, How's everything going? You know, and he's like, you know. When you really boil it down, I'm just a firefighter all day. I'm just putting out fires. And it's like, I was like, I didn't really understand at the time. I was, like, I guess, you know, it was busy, a lot of stuff going on. And now, and now I know. You know, right? So,
2: I mean, like, so what happens is um, the longer you're in practice, the more patients you have treated, right, the more, I mean, I I can see if that, all of a sudden I'll see a patient that I treated 10 years ago and I haven't seen them. And now they're, they're having a problem, right? And it's like, I you know, it, and so, I mean, that, that's the whole thing. So now you have to squeeze this into where you're doing this and, and stuff like that. If it's a real emergency, like, you know, yeah, and stuff like that, you know, um, it it's, it's, it's funny. Like I, I always have something I have, it's in my office. I should take a picture of insurance you. It says, uh, what does it say? It's something funny. It says, um, procrastination on your part is not an emergency on my part. <laughs> right? But how do you say that to a patient? No, but I always say that it calms me down. Okay, so listen, it's like, because dentists want to blame themselves for everything. I don't know where we learned this, but like, you know, you've you a case that you did 15 years ago, and if something's going bad with the case, you, you feel bad, right? You feel bad, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. it's not your fault. I mean, things, what God gave them didn't work. Full time, right? So you you know, and we're not God, like you know, and everything like that. Nice. But it's it, so. I mean, that's so. You would never. I would never say it to a patient,
1: right? Okay. You wouldn't say that to a patient. I say it to patients, not that, but I say to patients all the time. I was like, so when was the last time you saw a dentist? Yeah, and it's like, well, you know, COVID happened, and I was like, okay, <laughs> what was the last time before COVID? And they're like, well, I. I don't know, you know, the recession happened. <laughs> hey, wait,
2: yeah, no, it's it's true. It's true. you know, people, people don't take care. A lot of people don't take care of their teeth. We see it all the time, right? They don't take they don't take care of their teeth, um, and they get themselves in a lot of trouble for not doing that. I mean, like you know, you know, facial swellings and big big time stuff that that can go wrong, um, or like usually, you know, one of the big things when you're doing a case like say we're doing a big crown ridge case, you have to take into account the patient's hygiene because they have to maintain this. If, they, if they're if they not maintaining, my biggest thing that I say to them, and I will say this, is I get to see you every six months, right? And they clean your teeth every six months. You have to clean your teeth every day.
1: In between those six months.
2: Right, you treat those. So so like, you're, you're, I need your help to maintain this. Right. You know, this is basically what, what it comes down to. Oh, like, you, yeah, yeah. Boy, it it's hard changing people's habits is hard, you you know, and stuff like that. That's a, that's a hard thing to You know, patient come in and like you know you took out, you so you took out the wisdom tooth. They get a dry socket. Did you smoke? Yes. Did I tell you not to smoke? Yes. I can't. Okay. Well, you got a dry socket, <laughs> right? I mean, that's it. So yeah,
0: another, i right? like you know, and that, that means like fifty percent your guys's job, fifty percent the patient, right?
2: Right. It's I so it
0: So. At our office we do all in four surgeries, which I'm pretty sure you're familiar with for so um right. they come in like every six months for like a implant maintenance treatment. And like sometimes patients will come in, they just don't they have they haven't like taken care of it. Their their bridges are all yellow, they're just it just smells right. like smoke. Right. Well, you know, doc's just like, come on man, what, what's going on? Yeah. It's true. Yeah, it's a forty thousand dollar investment for yourself.
2: Right. It's frustrating. It's it's definitely frustrating. It's the hardest thing to do is to break people's habits. Uh, uh, You know, a lot of... So, the all-on-four is interesting. And uh, not to digress on this, I'm... So, all-on-four, I don't do hybrid anymore. I don't do acrylic. Hmm. I do mostly zirconia or PFM. And the reason why is because everything sticks to zirconia... uh, To uh, acrylic. Acrylic. Hmm. Okay? Everything sticks to it. It gets nasty looking. It gets... Melly, it just gets like you know it's just not it's so zirconia especially everything just falls away from zirconia things don't stick to zirconia okay they don't stick to it so you'll see that you know zirconia is easier easier to clean uh that like there's not as much sticking to it there's no staining that you see with the acrylic okay if you have a smoker and you do an acrylic hybrid it's stained within a year it's stained and looks gross um you don't deal with as many broken teeth uh, broken appliances but where's the weak link this is something that we all talk about so the, a lot of the docs that do full arch like myself one of our big discussions that we have is well, a lot of times i go with zirconia or pfm but here's the thing with all on four or full arch i don't really consider all on four i could i consider it all on whatever it takes uh <laughs> but the uh zirconia is strong very strong right so, especially monolithic zirconia, right? So we're not doing porcelain fused zirconia or something like that. So where's the weak weak link? What's great about acrylic is the implants tend won't get overloaded, tend tend not to get overloaded because the acrylic will break. Ah, uh-huh. the acrylic. So we always, so you know, these long these cases, I'm 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 interested to see long term what's going to happen. So you know, where is the weak link? It could be a prosthetic screw, it could be an abutment screw, it could be God forbid, the implant loses bone around or a certain implant loses bone around it. So there's a you know, there's always gonna be a weak link somewhere, you know, and, and that's that's the biggest thing that with these all on four cases or these full arch cases is occlusion. Mm-hmm. I, I say this all the time, and passive fit of the prosthetic. That's it. Passive that's- fit. I'm still learning about that. What What do you mean
1: by passive fit?
2: So when you're doing a, f- so I mean, I can get on, but this is prosthetics, like big time prosthetics that we're talking about, but like passive fit is so when you have implants splinted together, the the appliance fits on them and fully fits on it passively. You should be able to just drop it on and it as it seats. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's no rock. There's no, yeah, kind of, the screws aren't tight going in. So, so like right so you can have forces from occlusion but if you have an appliance that you squeezed on you're putting pressure on those implants internally that's right right so what happens all? so like I like to say what happens in ortho like when you put pressure on a tooth bone starts to remodel right and then the tooth right. moves well implants don't want to move right so if you get bone remodeling to, around an implant or like if you have constant pressure in that area that that in around an implant it's going to lose bone around an implant Answer absorption, yeah. So I mean, that's that's so you you want passive fit mm-hmm. appliances, and it's hard
0: sometimes. The more implants that you're trying to connect together, the harder it is. So do you do you do like our office? We do temporary acrylics, and then you eventually go to the final. Is That kind of what you do? Yes, oh, Yeah, that's yeah, the way.
2: And then even when I'm making the final zirconia case, I go to a prototype PMMA that I let the patient wear for a couple of weeks before I copy mill it and she call me. And stuff like that. Uh, so I mean, that's um, it's great because you get they get to test drive it, right? And then you yeah. any change changes you want to make, you want to make in the PMMA provision, right. right? And then what happens is you take that temporary away from the patient. Usually have the other temporary that then you put them back in, and then you put that on the master model, and then they copy mill it at the lab in zirconia.
0: Right? Do so you, you you want to sit with the zirconia final like shit, like trimming it away and putting the bite paper and trying to figure it out? Right. Visit. So even when they copy
2: Mill it you always go back to occlusion and occlusion still always has to be modified a little bit hundred percent but it's a it's so hard to draw on a zirconia strong you know you don't you want to touch the final product as little as possible you know I mean hundred percent and so I mean that's um uh, that's how it is but I mean you talk we talk TMJ, you could talk about it for, you could talk about passive fit around implants for like I mean we could we could talk about it for hours uh, you know implantball <laughs> every it, it's a lot it's a lot actually that you talk about yeah. you talk about verified impressions you gotta get a verified impression and you know so like people know, a lot of people don't even know what verified impression is but like so i mean there's certain things that go into it uh i'm interested where how cad cams coming along with it like you know with, with you know digital dentistry and stuff like that uh you know with the accuracy and everything like that so you know dentistry is changing and systems are getting quicker which is great but you know, you still have to, things still have to fit. You know, they have to fit.
1: You know, I'm I'm at the VA right now where it's it's very heavy for implants because, you know, the VA covers a lot of that. And what I like most about the VA is not only that, which is great training. We have a new attending over there that's fantastic. We do all on X cases. Right. We've got four now, all on fives. And right. uh, one of them was, two of them, one of them was guided. It, it was great. But what's great is that in the clinic at the, the dental clinic at the VA we're in the oral surgery but then down the hall's prost so we right. go just go walk down the hall and talk with prost and yeah. you know, GPR down the hall the other way perio endo right. it's it's not something i have at any other facility and right. that's exactly and we could talk about it. and so what you say is everything comes down to occlusion i could actually learn from the prosthodontist because what I what i'm what i'm trying to learn that i don't get when i'm at other facilities is i work for you the prosthodontist, right? right? Not you work for me. You send me over, I do some implants. No, no, no. I need to know how to put implants in according to how you're going to make the occlusion, the restoration, the MIO. Right. I, that's. I wish I had more time there.
2: So, implants should not be... So, everybody used to use the word prosthetically driven. Implants should be placed prosthetically driven. It's not really accurate. It's prosthetically referenced, okay? Because you can't put implants... You can't put implants where the bone isn't right mm-hmm. so you, so you guys are your hands are tied to a certain extent especially in the maxillary anterior and sometimes you have to build the bone just to put it you know close to the right spot right um you know it's so it's always prosthetically referenced it should be especially these especially if it's going to be an all-white case okay mm-hmm. all right so here we go i'm going to get on my soapbox for a second so we have these all-on X cases, and they're great, and everything like that. I I really think that we should get away from whacking so much
1: bone away. Really, you think so? Because I'm just learning about the bone reduction, especially in the mandible. You oh, need the bone, right? bite. So the whole thing is, I have
2: problems with that. So when you do when you whack the bone away, and you're you're taking a patient that's an FP one, where they have, you know, an FP one. Have you heard FP one? So FP one is where. Their teeth are of normal size right fp2 the teeth look a little longer and now fp3 is where there's pink you need both pink and teeth right yes okay so taking an fp1 patient and turning them into an fp3 patient is not really doing a lot of service for the patient right right those implants so if those implants fail what do we got we got nothing left Right. We gotta talk about zygomas. What are we talk about? We have to do zygoma implants, and um, so you can do a good restoration and keep an FP one, but your implants have to be critically placed. They have to be where the tooth is supposed to be mesiodistally, buccolingual. Right. Right. Because you can't put a multi-unit on it because you don't have the space for the multi-unit. Right. Because mm-hmm. you're walking, the reason why you're whacking around bone is to create space for the appliance, right? right. The, right. Uh, minimum of fifteen millimeters that you need, right? Mm-hmm. That's basically, what you, you know, what you guys learn. Um, but we, did, we could talk about this forever. It'll have to be a different topic. Because, like, actually, you
1: know, you know, I was going to say that, Suraj, this is actually an excellent introduction into the next topic, Doctor Castro. Maybe we could even bring on the. I would say, who would you who do you do all on X cases with? Like predominantly with. So, I do
2: predominantly with uh Dr Kelino uh but I do them with Dr Gish and stuff like that um, and and stuff like that uh, those are the two surgeons that I do most of my own on you know all on
0: yeah we could talk about like cases and stuff one day if you want like you know if you have pictures and stuff or you know yeah and so I mean it's a great it's it's you know
2: this this is the hot topic right I mean this is what you you know this you you, you see all the commercials this is the 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 hot thing but so I had a prosthodontist who taught me. And he said, it makes no sense whacking away all this bone. I don't understand. So, a patient loses a tooth. What do you do? You take the tooth out, you put an implant in. We didn't whack away any bone, right? Now they lose the tooth next to it. What do we do? We take out the tooth, we put the implant in, we didn't whack away any bone. We're keeping the architecture of the patient, right? Right. right. And everything. You just take a 40 year old patient and you whack away all this bone. And don't get me wrong, I've done it. I've seen, I've, I'm guilty of it. I did like, I'm not saying I'm not. I'm not, you know, I, but I'm, as I'm looking back, I'm saying, are we creating dental cripples in the future? Because if the case fails in 20 years, what do we have left? Mm-hmm. And our patient's only 65, 66 years old. Gotta be dentures, right, at that point? Yeah, and that's still, the, and that, the, and what's the, what's the morbidity on that, right? So that's you know, it's not like that, terrible. So I mean, but you know, zygomas, you could talk zygomas, you could talk like you know, there's still other things to do, but it's it's very invasive. It's you know, it's Interesting. That's a very interesting thought. Because I'm just learning about, uh, and, I'm not, I'm, and don't get me wrong, I'm not bashing. I've done it. Like th- this is what I'm saying. So this is the things that we talk about.
1: You know, yeah, yeah. constantly learning. I, I follow. I follow. We're constantly learning. We got it. We got to do this, Maybe We. I know Dr. Gish likes to lecture. Would you guys maybe come on together and we have a session where we kind of go through the stepwise process? Because I know there are multiple processes that need to be made before we even get to talking about implants and whatnot. So, so,
2: yeah, Dr. Gish, I'm sure, would, would love to, to to talk. I'll talk to him. I mean, Dr. Gish is a great teacher. He really is. I mean, he's good at good at explaining. He's one of the good, you know, and Dr. Kaplan is the same way. They both know occlusion. They both know prosthetics, and they have to. Right. They go up to where they need to know, like, you know what I'm saying, and stuff like that, like where because they do these cases, and you have to know. And just think about it. When you do orthognathic surgery, have to know occlusion. You have to know, like, you have to know this stuff, right? Right. brian's Stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, it's, but it's a topic we could talk about all, you know, you know, all, all the time. I think that that would be a really good saying okay. And patients know about it. It's on, on TV. I mean, you get them all the time. You, you, I get it all the time. Yeah. And, and it, with the residents, I see the patients just like, I want to all on the case, you know. Yeah. You know, and it happens. So, let's
1: do it. Let's make that the the next talk.
2: That's so I I can reach out to Dr. Gishin and and see if he, you know I'm sure he like would he's very you know like you, you know just keep finding the time to get us both together but that would be fine. You know, what I'm saying that'll be great.
1: Let's work around your schedule as best we can. So Raj, we'll set up. We'll try and aim for a Wednesday. Let's plan it for let's plan it for April though. Let's give it some time. You yeah, know, some time that. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Let's do that. That would be great. That would be awesome. So as a dental, you know, as a as a
2: pre dental student, right? Yeah. Uh, so you're obviously working in private practice, like so you're volunteering.
0: No, so I, I, I've been working there since twenty uh, for two years almost now. Um, okay. You know, pre dental. Yeah, mm-hmm. I work. I work over there. Um, okay. Yeah. Do you know Dr. Prudenci? He's also a prosthodontist. He's also he went to Sunday. I've um, heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. He works there. Um There's Dr. Viber, Dr. Benoit, Dr. Heron. So Dr. Benoy, I trained. Yeah, Harvey knows you too. Yeah, um, great guy. He's like my main mentor. He's the one who got me working there. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's been really amazing. We see a bunch of different things. Uh All in four cases, we built a new office just for the just for all in X cases. I guess you can call them. Um, you know, see a lot of root canals, implants, crowns. I see everything over there. So it's-
2: and it's great because you you it does help to see it. It helps. Yeah. You, know, you I I always tell you know pre dental students just just by watching. You learn things and you may not, not until you get into clinic, but all of a sudden you're in clinic. Like, I I know how to do this. Or so pre clinic, I know, I've seen this so many times I could do this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Even though it's a lot harder holding the drill, right? When you see somebody doing it, it's like, ah, I can do that. And then you do it, you're like, oh my God, <laughs> that's it's a little bit harder than I thought it was going
0: to be. Most well, so I've done. it's probably like a night guard or making a temporary for a patient after yeah. prep. But like, even that's like, damn, okay, I really get into it. I've always wanted to, you know, Shadowing is one thing, but I feel like getting into the chair and holding a suction, like get past them instruments, is like another other level. And yeah. then obviously, being a dental student, and then you know where you guys are at. So, um, that's kind of my thought process. Thought well, process.
1: When
2: I was a, when I was a dental student, I remember telling my dad that I only wanted to work on lower teeth because I couldn't use the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. So, uh, then he, and then he said a great thing to me. He goes, "Well, do you comb your hair in the mirror?" I go. Yeah, and he goes. Do you think about it? I go no. He goes, and that's what will happen. You won't even think about it. <laughs> exactly.
1: That's pretty good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so I mean that. So yeah. So and everything, but I, you know, so private practice. Yeah. So I mean, just like private practice is great. Um, I private practice is, you know, I I really do I I like uh you know I I've enjoyed my ride and 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 continue to enjoy it like you know and stuff like that uh it's a great profession so the profession you guys are going into is an unbelievable profession and and when you the days are the stressful days come just remember it's because you are in a great profession and if it was easy everybody would do it that's right That's basically what it comes down to you know um and you know i know i talk to you when you have your your tough days and i'm like just just take it on the chin and move on that's it that's all you can do
1: my chin's pretty broken right now <laughs> <laughs> so oh it's 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 rough I mean today was another 13 hour day but you know oh it's good stuff but yeah let's so that's cool we got we got another one coming up we'll do that in a month or a month and a half and and yeah I because I, I gotta start I gotta go eat dinner still but okay man I'll, thanks for having me I appreciate it you're ready to have a coming on. thank you. On. Thank you. So, All right,
2: so you guys, good luck with everything that you're doing, and um, we'll
1: talk soon. Yep. Absolutely, I'll see you Friday, Doctor Cash. I'm looking forward All to right. it. And Suraj, congrats, man. Yeah, congrats uh, on the PhD. That's, that's a great.
0: Big thing over now. I just gotta apply, and then uh, that's it. Yeah, you're gonna have a drink now. You earned a drink. I think I <laughs> saw my mom earlier. We did. We did have a little drink with my mom. So there we go. Oh, that's special. That's sentimental. She does a she drink, so it's pretty fun. That's a big night. That's how you know she's proud of me. <laughs> so you know.
2: She's passed out on the couch because she doesn't drinking. and you gave her a drink, and that's how I
1: sound. She's next to
0: her. I was shaking, like, the last 48 hours. Oh, I yeah, know. I got to tell you,
2: like, the DATs was, I remember it, and the only reason why I remember it is, and I don't need to be, like, somber on this, but my sister had passed away in a car accident a month before. Man. And so I kind of went into the DATs and I wasn't in a good state of mind. Like I was still upset, you know, and everything like that. And I think it made me do better because I was just very relaxed. Like I wasn't, I didn't care. I was just like in my own, like my, my thing. And I can remember, like, I remember, I don't remember the test. I remember taking it. I just don't remember like, you know, because I was in just yeah. a in a different place at that point. But it's it's for, for sure it's it's a stressful day. Um, I think the the clinical board exam is probably the most stressful day that we have you have in dentistry. I I would think. I would Whereas, say- oh. Where where you doing the clinicals? Like you know for your licensing. So it was the Northeast Regional Board when we took it. You know and that's what it was. I was not- yeah, I would assume
0: the DAT is not the most stressful day of your dental career, but you know it's what's my <laughs> well, first. One of the first, one of the first, but like because you you put so much weight on it, right? You know, I mean, you're it makes,
2: like, I you mean know, your How you get and stuff like that. Exactly. You'll look back on it and be like, I can't believe I was being worried, or like you know, and so it's like like college, right? So it's like college. You you when you're in college, you've got organic chemistry was like, oh my god, whatever. You, know, <laughs> you get through it. You get through it.
1: There's always another stressful exam, another stressful day. It's it's learning how to manage it.